Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 6. My name is Jordan Merrick and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I've got an awesome guest coming on this week, somebody who I've got a lot of time for. And before I get into her story, I just wanted to share a little piece of news. So next week we're going to have our first non-musician guest on the podcast. And this person is somebody who has had a hand in the release and success of so many different musicians literally hundreds um it's somebody who i consider a pillar of the music community so i cannot wait for you guys to hear that episode um obviously there'll be more on that closer to the date but before i get into that i'm really excited to present you guys today's guest which is tay so a bit about how this came together so tay and i had never met before we recorded this podcast um, it all stemmed from a post I put up on a Facebook music group um, about, you know, looking for people to come on. And, you know, a big part of this podcast, I really didn't want it to be about, you know, how many releases someone's had, how successful someone is in the music industry, you know, whatever. I just wanted musicians in the community to come and share their story. That's what this is all about. So Tay contacts me and essentially says that she's got... No Facebook page, no Instagram for her music, nothing like that. She's building her first release. Uh, she's done session work, uh, but there was nothing on her online. So she told me a bit about herself and I was so intrigued uh, to to learn about her story. And as you'll hear, you know, she's come from, you know, a family of musicians and, you know, we touch a bit on, on the pressures of that um, as well as the... Um, the, the scary feeling of going from playing behind other people and other songs to stepping out and releasing your own. And what blew me away, and this is sort of, this is exactly, to be honest, why I was really glad to do this podcast, um, is people like Tay. She sent me her EP, and without giving too much away, it's phenomenal. Her songwriting is just beautiful. And, um, you know, she's got a single coming out in a few weeks' time that, is so touching and lyrically it's I would, I would i would say it's akin to someone like brian fallon and in, in the sense that she just knows how to paint a really honest brutal picture of of love life loss it's just surreal stuff and i cannot wait for you guys to hear her music but more than that i'm so excited to present you her story because it's a wonderful story to tell so without further ado i present to you Tay. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. <laughs> yes, no, we'll avoid the uh, the fake intro. We'll get straight <laughs> into it. Um, obviously, uh, so off the mic, we talked about uh, 2020 being super exciting, but um, let's just park 2020 and let's talk about 2021, because obviously you've got some, some pretty cool plans this year. Uh, how's the year? So we're nearly halfway through the year. Um, how's the first five and a bit months been for you? That's a challenging question. Um, so we came up from Canberra at the end of last year and we've been living with a friend for the last few months. Um, yeah, I recorded an EP earlier this year, so that will be released in August or so. And um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's such a big question. It's been yeah. a big year so far. Yeah. It really has. It's yeah. amazing, like when you when you look at it as well. Like 
you've gone from Canberra to recording to moving to settling to yeah. Yeah. you know getting through two lockdowns in that time it's it's you fit a lot in to, to five months yeah that's right yeah, yeah. And we've got another yeah another seven to go hopefully um, it all goes smooth fingers crossed <laughs> so obviously like uh, a big part of the podcast is learning more about you and um, obviously from our conversations you've got um, you've had quite an upbringing of music um, tell, tell us about like growing up in a house full of music yeah right um, yeah I was thinking about this a bit because we, we discussed it earlier um, it was for the most part it was a great thing so as I mentioned my grandfather and grandmother and my aunts and uncles and sister and parents have all played music and um, it was it was cool like we had that we had that sort of connection and at times when there was sort of trauma or whatever, it was, I think, a protective factor that we could mm. all sort of come together and, and play music. But um, I, there were some real embarrassing negatives as well. So I was thinking back to um, in primary school, my parents uh, planned and recorded a Bergman family album every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like my grandfather would do his guitar song and we'd all do a song together. I think on one of them I'm singing a Celine Dion song. Oh, really? Like uh, My Heart Will Go On. Oh, amazing. Which is horrific. <laughs> so we were, yeah, we distributed those to friends and family and teachers. And, and so teachers, A bit yeah. of a nightmare. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. On the whole, it was a good thing. I think it was a very unique experience mm. looking back on it. Um, yeah. Did you, especially as you got older and, and you started working out that you wanted to do music, um, not just as a hobby, um, did you feel more pressure on you to do something like that? Or was it always, mm. you know, play if you want, like it's all fun, except, you know, there was no pressure to, to pursue it further than that? Or It's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say there was pressure. I... So I don't really remember learning guitar. That was something my dad taught me when I was like very young. Mm. So I just kind of grew up knowing all the chords and things. And yeah. then I naturally just started writing songs and recording them and playing other instruments. And mm. it, it was more just a given. It was just part of what life was. Yeah. It was only when I really got to high school and then after high school that it became apparent to me that playing music was an unusual thing. That's not, everyone doesn't grow up in that environment. Yeah. Um, but no, I wouldn't say there's pressure. I think probably doing non-musical things was almost a little weird at times. If I had have got into sport, that would yeah. have not been particularly accepted. Mm. But yeah, that was was good. Yeah, well, it must um, it must have been so nice like coming together and playing like as a family. I would imagine. I um, I didn't grow up in a, in a musical household, but I've got so many fond memories of. Um, like when I was eight, nine, ten, we'd go camping every year, and um, some of the people we camped with play guitar, um, and they had their big songbook of you know all the classics. So um, as a kid, like I was never musical, but just being in the the moment with like family and friends, where everyone's just singing along, it was so special. Um, it didn't really make me want to play, but I imagine moments like that. I don't know, did, were they special moments, or was that was that just every day? It was yeah. honestly a given. It was just constant. I, my bedroom was above the room that my dad taught guitar in, and he'd soundproofed all the walls, mm. but he didn't soundproof the roof very well. So I went to bed <laughs> listening to him teach guitar, oh, and wonderful. like everyone sung, and well, 
I don't know. It was like it was super annoying to be honest at times. Like I'd go and practice trumpet, and my sister was like, "Awesome idea! I'll practice at the same time as you." And like, it, music is sometimes quite annoying. Like you don't yeah. always want all that sound. Yeah, so. true. Especially when it's coming from above. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. like when I was learning guitar, I would I'd be just sitting there playing and just stomping my foot. And my mum would come up and knock on the door and say, Jordan, you're stomping again. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I could imagine. I, I can empathise, not from my own experience, but from <laughs> my mum's experience. So, yeah. So, growing up, um, like, in a musical household, did, does that mean you always were writing songs? Or is that something that's come to you later? Or? Yeah, for me, personally, that's always something I did. So, yeah, we, we talked earlier about that, like, Roland 8-track that mm, I used to record yeah. on. And I had, um, we had like the Casio keyboard with a floppy disk and yeah, that was, mm. that was always something I did. I had, um, I think I was in grade two or something and I got all the neighborhood kids to come around and record a song with me. Oh, wonderful. And like, yeah, it was, I don't know, I, writing songs just seemed like a real natural thing for me to do. Mm. It's something that my sister has since picked up, but it was maybe something she wasn't as inclined to do but for me that's just been a clear way to express myself from like forever really yeah. So, yeah so when you say like it's a way of expressing yourself are the songs that you write are they really personal songs like biographical or they are these days absolutely mm. yeah yeah um i think you know back when i was 10 i don't know that i had <laughs> all that much to talk yeah. about what's a biography <laughs> yeah but you know music has always been such an emotive thing for me it's always been a way of connecting i don't know to myself i guess it's not yeah in some sense i understand that you can mm. connect to other people and when you're like having such a good jam and you really you feel other people right like yeah. you can really when you lock in you know but mm. it's yeah it's always been like a place where i can connect and just feel fully like myself yeah yeah I think I'm very similar. I, I've always struggled, like I write a lot and I've always struggled to co-write songs with people like lyrics because yeah. I'm the same. It, it's such a way of connecting into myself uh, and into my own emotions that trying to share that, I don't know, maybe I'll find someone I can co-write with one day, but it just doesn't feel like it's something for me because yeah. it's just such a personal experience. That's right. It's, it's such hard. an intimate space. You can't, yeah. It's so awkward. You've got all that, those sort of social barriers up. Yeah. It just needs it. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, and then you write a line and then someone's like, oh, maybe change the line. And you're just like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> this means so much to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what can you do? Um, so it's, it's interesting. So you've written songs all your life and it's only recently you've decided to, to release your own songs. Yeah. What was the, what's the catalyst for that? Like what's made you want to want to change? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think previous to this, so I, I played bass with a bunch of people. I was previously playing in like a folk duo, come four piece. That, yeah, it was good. Mm. But ultimately I was really afraid to back myself mm. and my music. I, I think I was just a bit shy to fully put myself out there because, you know, I'm sure you're fully aware there's a lot of rejection in the yeah. music industry. Yeah, and if definitely. I'm fully open with what I'm doing and who I am, I don't know when I'm going to get back. So yeah, I think I just got to a point I'm getting well, not older, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm just at an age where I'm really ready to put myself out there. And if people don't like that, then that's fine. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. And no, I think that's definitely the, the hardest step. And 
as you said in music, you definitely hear way more no's than you do yeses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the listeners generally appreciate music, but then when, you, when you're trying to grow, you go to the publicist who says no, you go to the booking agent who says no, right. yeah. yada, yada, yada. We've all heard it. Every musician hears it. And I think you sort of have to get to a point where you need to have the thick skin, right? to do it and that comes at different times in our lives through our own experiences and our own personal experiences right so that's the challenge but um i mean as someone who's heard one of your songs um the the pre-release uh (laughs) yeah i'm I'm very glad that you are because that's a beautiful song oh thanks yeah let's think about it so it's it's garden song right that's the one yeah so let's talk about it Tell, tell us about garden song like what what, so is that going to be the first single? Yeah. So what, what made that the first single for you? The first uh, taste of, of you as, as an artist, as a songwriter? Wow. Uh, it's, it's a good question. I think so. It just seemed like the most appropriate tune out of the six that I'm releasing. So for me, that one, it's about my grandfather's death. Mm. I'm not not particularly spiritual as a person. Um, I guess I... You know, we had a chat earlier mm. about, you know, I, I feel like maybe there's something and I'm open yeah. to that. But um, so the night that he died, um, I was woken up at 11 p.m. with like I had a dream about someone just thumping on piano keys. Mm. And I woke up and looked at the time. It was 11. I went back to sleep. And the next morning, my grandmother called me up and said, Dandy died last night. And I said, oh, OK. And she said it was 11. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't really read too much into that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's coincidental. Um, but at his funeral, she said, my grandmother said, so the night he died, I was woken up at 11. I had a dream. And my uncle said, oh, me too. I was like, oh, damn. Wow. I also had a dream at 11. Um, so the song's about, yeah, about the feeling of, I, I've come to believe that, for me at least that dream was about the connection we had mm. and i think when he when he left it was so jarring i guess like maybe there's some sort of connection or something that yeah that the finale all... keys yeah right? was, and he's the a musician so we had that yeah. like that's right so the song's about him him dying and then yeah i mean that's but i guess it's joyous as well so yeah, yeah. for sure and he, he wrote songs as well, did he? Um, if he did, that was secret. <laughs> he played double bass. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like all bassists keep their songs secret, don't they? They're just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are you playing? Oh, nothing, nothing. Yeah. That, yeah. Because one thing, like the way I've always viewed music, and it's sort of one thing I really love about it, like, um, and I particularly experienced this with Leonard Cohen, um, who obviously has passed away a few years ago. Um, but for me, I, I don't think I really got into his stuff until basically the year he died. Yeah. Um, leading up to his death was when I was finally into him, uh, and then he died. And I was, well, that's bad timing. Um, Ripped off. Yeah, yeah, but what was amazing is listening to his final album. Yeah. When he recorded it um, in his deathbed. Yeah. He was literally doing the recording the vocals with a mic in his hand laying in his bed. No way, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that until I read into it. And I just thought, uh, and then going through his, his discography, it's amazing. It's like music can be so, 
it's so alive, you know? Mm. And, like, the fact that we get to listen over and over again, we've got it all on record. Yeah. It's like when, when someone dies, but they've left a legacy through whatever means, it's, it's that's immortal, the legacy, mm. as long as people are there to appreciate it. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just... um, I just found it really powerful, like, you know, listening to Lenny Cohen and, like, even though it's past, for me, he just feels more alive than ever. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I might be weird in saying that, but... Um, no, it's no. just Yeah, it's, for me, it's just one of the most fascinating things about music is just yeah. how it's just timeless. And yeah. You listen to the Beatles, you think, oh, well, you know, two out of four have passed away. Yeah. No, they're just they're there. You're in the moment, especially when you're just listening. It's Maybe special. It's, you know, before we were talking about the, the intimacy and that deep mm-hmm. connection, I mean, it's so much purely them mm. it, it makes sense that when we listen to it we're experiencing that like that pure person again yeah so, yeah and i think especially when it like when you're talking music with um that that's much more songwriter based you know that's all about the story and the lyrics um there's just nothing like it i think in any you know it's, there's literally nothing like it in existence i think um it's pretty special but maybe it's just sentimental. Uh, <laughs> sentimental musicians talking. <laughs> yeah, and um, with so growing up in music, obviously, once again, um, I'm sure you've probably, through everything you've done, experienced difference. Have you, did you guys always stick to the same genres, or was it always, did it vary a bit, or like in terms of my own music or what um, my family did I suppose it's like growing up like did you guys always generally play the same right. sort of sound I mean honestly we didn't play together so much oh okay so you know my grandfather was a jazz bassist mm. my dad's into everything but I guess that sort of um, like Steely Dan mm. yes all that sort of stuff yeah. so um, and then my mum I don't know she does her own thing and my sister's very folky and I was mm. super into jazz and blues for the most mm. part so we had we had like big jam days where lots yeah. of people came to our house and we'd all play together but then as a family like I mean there were moments where we absolutely played but I I wouldn't say there was any sort of genre connection going on there yeah yeah and does that um yeah I suppose that would be interesting because I, I suppose I'm just thinking you know, learning genre-wise, like, what shapes your your style. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for you, it was a mix of your family, right? And then your just stuff... Like, was it mainly your family and then, like, as you got older, was it just stuff that you picked up at high school or...? Yeah, good question. I just got, like, super into the living end. For... <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> for, like, 15 years, that's all I've yeah. listened to. And a whole bunch of other stuff, but it's been, like, such a consistent thread. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I... Um, I don't know. I'm into Motown and everything. I, mm. There's there's no real genre that's off limits, but potentially that is part of coming from a family that's so open to musical genres. There's yeah yeah there was nothing was unacceptable to listen to. Yeah. So how do you go from listening to so many different genres to then saying okay I'm going to write this style? Okay, so I don't I don't love the style I write at all. It's not <laughs> a style I would go and listen to. It really isn't. But for some reason, when I sit down and play, I write folk songs. Mm. That's what comes out of me. So, yeah, I've always found that really interesting. The yeah. music I write is not the music I listen to at all. Yeah. It is interesting like that. Like, I, you know, I mainly play, like, folk and blues. That's generally my bubble. But 
growing up, I never really listened to folk and blues. It was always... I was very much into, like, death metal and <laughs> hardcore music. It must be the Gold Coaster in me, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did love The Living End. But, yeah, it wasn't until I got to, you know, my late teens that I got into, like, Bob Dylan. And that's yeah, what I was like... Yeah. The thing that really drew me to that sort of style was just how good the songs were and, like, how good the lyrics were. I was just like, man, how could someone write such good lyrics? Um, it just blew my mind because my songs are just crap. Uh, I thought comparatively, so I was like, I need, I've got some work to do <laughs> if I'm ever gonna, you know, be a good musician. It wasn't even about a, oh, let's pursue music as a career. It was more like, I want to write good songs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I so, mean, that's the right place to come from. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. And that's probably why I still do it now. Um, even though it's not the most popular, <laughs> popular sound, but what can you do? <laughs> uh, it's all part of the fun of it. Um, so one thing like I suppose I like to touch on um, with these podcasts as well is like um, obviously you know life is full of challenges but Mm. I think it's always important to look at um, you know what you're what you're grateful for in life so if I was to put the question to you like what's something or someone that you're really grateful for you can say multiple things (laughs) yeah okay this is I mean this probably is a challenge but um, yeah recently my best friend was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer mm. and it's um it's horrific it's mm. just yeah. the worst thing that's happened in my life but i think it's made me really appreciate the connection that we have and how lucky i am to have her in my life yeah. like i was fully aware that it, it's unusual i think for people to have friends that are like family but mm. having something like this happened happen has really driven home how special that relationship is so yeah yeah that's been a big thing um aside from that i'm i'm grateful for so much i know i it's autumn i love autumn Mm. i'm grateful every day to like feel the crispness and the weather and listen Mm. to the birds and crickets and yeah i mean life is good yeah and it's um yeah i think you know what you just said then is is so true like how how important it is to appreciate the connections you have with people um because it's such it's so powerful and i don't think sometimes it can be so subconscious right you don't even think Mm. about it but when you sit down you start thinking okay what am i what am i really grateful for you're like or something you know something happens that makes you think about it you're like man this is something i can never ever underrate um yeah yeah. realizing that you can lose something i think just shines a light on what that thing is what that loss could be yeah yeah definitely yeah well yeah look i just want to say straight up like thanks so much for for coming on i think it's been a real it's been great to get um you know to learn a bit more about you and um i think as well like you come from such a unique background um i don't i don't really know too many people who grew up in musical households so it's so interesting hearing um, about about your journey from that to, to you know playing bass and bands to finally doing your doing your own thing and I'm really excited to hear this EP. Um, yeah, just going to say I know because this is being recorded you can't say no. <laughs> I'd love to hear a sneak preview when it's uh, when it's ready to be listened to. So it's now. Throw just, it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just got the <laughs> podcast exclusive. Let's play. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. No, it's been been really cool having a chat.